welcome to the Workplace Ninja Summit 2022 podcast. A live recording directly from Lucerne with interesting topics. Good morning, everyone. And we are back on day two of the Workplace Ninja Summit, a ride from Lucerne. And on the first thing we have today on the table, Ryan, Aster, and Travis. And we are looking into some applications, AVD things, but let's see what happened uh, in this conversation. But first, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Frans Oudendorp, and on the table, Travis Wright. I'm Travis Roberts. I'm a, a cloud infrastructure architect at RBA Consulting. And I also blog and uh, uh, produce the course Zero to Hero with Azure Virtual Desktop. And Esther? Yeah, hello everyone. My name is Esther Bartel. I've been uh, in the industry for uh, over 20 years. Let's keep it at that. <laughs> 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 Don't want to age myself too much. Uh, mostly focused on end user computing and nowadays having a lot of fun with DevOps and automated deployments. And the third person, Ryan. Morgan, everybody. My name is Ryan Mangan. I'm the CTO for AppCare, a application packaging and delivery technology platform here in the well, in the United Kingdom. Um, just a bit of background. Um, I wrote the book Mastering Azure Virtual Desktop and been doing blogs about EUC for plenty of time. So applications, uh, Azure Virtual Desktop, RDS, probably uh, that we that that was in the past. Um, so let's see what what happening. Uh, today we are on the second day of the Workplace Ninja Summit. Are you enjoying uh, the conference so far? Absolutely. Yeah, it's been great. Finally in person. That makes a huge difference. I do have to admit that um, I'm still a bit anxious about going back to in person because um, being at home in my own <laughs> private bubble is, is kind of relaxed. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's great to see everyone again, to have more interaction with the audience. Uh, that's, that's like um, so much better than uh, the virtual sessions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How's that for you, Ryan? I mean, let's be fair, it's an amazing turnout. You know, some great speakers, some great sessions. This morning I was at Richard Hicks, he's um, always on VPN session. Uh, and it was brilliant because it's been, the f you know, we watching videos is great, but it's very difficult to kind of have that interaction with the speaker and ask them questions. And everybody's got burning questions they want to answer, and it's you're time bound, aren't you, on a video? Yeah, I, uh, and Richard is one of my uh, one of the key persons. I want them to uh, to have an interview on later on today or tomorrow. But uh, let's see what what he has to tell about always VPN. But now uh, let's look in uh, Azure Virtual Desktop. What what is Azure Virtual Desktop, and how can we use that, uh, Esther? Wow. <laughs> So Azure Virtual Desktop is uh, one of the um, yeah, DAS solutions, desktop as a service or SaaS, uh, it, it kind of depends on, on your definition. Um, mostly uh, by making sure that you as a user uh, or administrator still have some control over the configuration and uh, still have some freedom to configure and to manage your, your systems, the virtual desktops for, the, uh, for your end users. And how is that related to Windows 365, for example, uh, Ryan? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. <laughs> Thanks for throwing me under the bus. Um, <laughs> do you know, I, I like uh, to kind of use the analogy of different flavors of ice cream. Okay, so some people like chocolate, some people like vanilla, some people like mint. I don't like mint. <laughs> and 
you know, depending on the use case, for example, larger organizations are more likely to look at AVD over cloud PC based on, you know, consolidation of desktops. You look at the likes of these organizations who do load testing and you can get more for your money by consolidating to multi-session. But then you've got thing, this new launch of Windows 365, the cloud PC, which opens doors for like Mac users in design, print companies who have small numbers of desktops but need Windows applications. So they get a guaranteed set fee um, but it, it, it's a new use case. It's opening up more doors. And then just recently they mentioned Dev in a Box, and that's awesome as well because you know developers can on the fly, like myself, because obviously a bit of a developer in the background, um, I can basically connect anywhere and develop, whereas I was used to be bound by a specific development PC. Yeah, if we look at uh, Azure Virtual Desktop, uh, before we are heading over to the uh, Azure Gallery and, and so on, uh, Esther, we need to deploy. Yes. Um, why should I use Bicep? <laughs> well, why shouldn't you use Bicep? Well, I think, first of all, um, I do understand that if you are looking more for a multi-cloud solution and are not Azure only, then Bicep probably will not be your choice of infrastructure as code deployment automation tooling. Uh, but if you are full in on Azure, um, I think you should look into Bicep because it makes creating ARM templates, which is the core of automation for cloud, for Azure, um, so much easier than the JSON structure and syntax that you need for your ARM templates. Um, and I showed yesterday in my session um, with the Bicep extension installed in Visual Studio Code, Life is so easy, and within five minutes you can have like a full, uh, well, my example still was a simple storage account example yep. uh, first, uh, but if you go for the AVD uh, um, deployment, um, backplane for instance, to start with, then um, I'm guaranteeing you that within 10 minutes you can have your full AVD backplane deployed, especially if you go to Freak's repo and download <laughs> the code. Yeah, Frank, it's terrible that he isn't here because yes. uh, uh, he had some other things to do at a new, uh, new employer. Uh, so it's sad for him, but yeah, we are enjoying the conference so far. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I did tell him that he is missed. And it felt kind of weird to do the presentation uh, without him. Yeah. Because uh, to be really honest, usually when things get tough, Frank gets the, the demos. So uh, um um, today uh, or yesterday, um, I also got to prove to myself that um, I am capable of uh, showing all the demos myself. But still, it would be nice to have Freak there as well. Yeah, but uh, on the other hand, uh, you're doing well, I think. Yes. Uh, I didn't see the session, but I think it went well. I uh, got some some good feedback on that. So. Yeah, the, um, Travis and Ryan were there, and they were very positive as well. It so was great. Yeah, that definitely builds uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> character and, and makes me even grow a couple of inches, probably. <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> good. Um, Bicep is to enroll and uh, to uh, see uh, how we get uh, AVD online. Um, but why should I? Uh, you had a presentation about the Azure Image Gallery and so on. Um, right. Why why should I use the Azure Image Gallery yeah. to deploy? It, it was the name was changed recently. It's uh, Azure Compute Gallery, but yeah, it manages now images and applications. Um, so with the with a Bicep or template deployment we can refer to uh, image definition, which is a collection of your different image versions. It may seem complicated, but basically we're just telling it to grab the most recent, the newest image, because with AVD, 
one of the most uh, complex or, or the time-consuming part of creating that environment is getting the base image correct for, for your organization, because that is unique for every organization. It's kind of, I tell people it's akin to the uh, Windows 7 to uh, Windows 10 upgrade. You have to go through and verify all your applications are compatible, uh, that they're configured properly, your start menu layout, all that. So, so that base image is really important, but as time goes on and you make these updates to that image, you need a place to store them. You'll want to distribute them to different regions if you have a if you're uh, making that host pool or host pools available in other regions, or just for a DR site, you want to make sure that those images are in the other region. And that's all what Azure Compute Gallery can give you. So it ties into the BICEP deployment really nicely because yep. now you can you can deploy and know that it's going to use the most recent copy of that image every time. Yeah, and um, then we have AVD deployed with an with an image with uh, with Bicep with code. Yeah, and then we need to maintain uh, uh, the, the whole yeah. environment, and, and uh, Ryan. And use something on that image, uh, <laughs> yeah. Ryan. Yeah, and I think you've just uh, opened a whole can of worms here because um, <laughs> what te seems to happen, and let me give you some kind of really brief stats. There's over seven trillion applications and variants of Windows applications in the world today, uh, and that's basically manifested itself over the last thirty odd years. And a lot of organizations are not able to kind of just lift and shift, you know, and develop new very quickly. There's like five, 10 year cycles for development. You know, manufacturing organizations can't just do that. Um, and the point I'm making here is, if you decide that you've done the deployment, you've done all of the image, you've got everything ready, then you want to deploy the apps, you should have done the assessment well before then. You should have understood what the apps were, you should have categorized the applications, and you would have started looking at the compact issues you may, be, you may experience in that transition. And it's a very common issue. Um, and it's not going to go away, and I don't think it will go away with our lifetimes of work, if I'm honest with you. No, um, and I think a lot of customers still need to be guided in that process, in application yeah. management, and really understanding the impact of their application configuration on the desktop that their uh, users are using. So. And, and you've completely nailed it. And then the, the biggest kind of topper on all of this is, and, and we all know from all the threats and some of the things mentioned in yesterday's keynote was about, you know, Windows 11 was less likely to be hacked than other OS versions. Is um, when you're going through security compliance now, because every organization has an objective to be security first. That's what everybody wants now to make sure that they don't get ransomware or all the other horrible things which come out. Is that the application needs to meet specific requirements for security. Um, and the likes of MSIX adoption is very important for that because it runs in a container. But then you've got AppV, which has got an end of life cycle of 2026. So there's lots of these different variables you've got to consider and factor in when you're transitioning. Um, and then just to add on top of that, my favorite subject of all is MSIX AppAttach, um, which you can obviously read about in my book, uh, <laughs> all my books. Um, and that basically is effectively taking an MSIX package and extracting it into a disk, and then it gives you this dynamic application delivery. Um, so you can, in session, deliver, remove. It's a zero-touch experience if you configure it, that is. Uh, gives you this flexibility in the world. Yeah, and with MSIX, um, you can update the operating system without uh, touching applications and so on. So I think from a maintaining perspective, um, that is really helpful to organize your stuff on, on, on your environment. And the icing there as well, it's like a, there's always these extra layers of benefit when you look at it, is MSIX, you can have multiple versions of the same app. So you might have someone in HR which needs a specific version of Chrome. 
and then you might have someone, uh, or let's say operations need another version of Chrome. You can just change the uh, version number and the name of the package in MSIX and they will run because they run in a container and they will not impact each other on the operating system. So the benefit of using this technology now is you can have everything you want. You don't have to have a separate image. It can be the same image, the same experience, but the different apps are associated to the different organizations, well, groups in the organization. Uh, Travis, if, if we have an operating system in AVD, uh, we deploy that bicep from the image we have in the compute, compute gallery, uh, all the applications are not related to that operating system because it's, it's uh, delivered with MSIX. Why should I need uh, a disaster recovery environment for my AVD on that moment? Uh, you have to bring it up someplace else. So uh, yeah, the, uh, sometimes um, there may be times when the, the applications aren't certified for MSIX app attach, or there might be custom applications, or, or uh, there may be support issues with that. So uh, there's there's really a blended environment with that. So yeah, yeah. In ba basically, what Travis is saying that uh, also disaster recovery, or our definition of disaster recovery, has changed over the years. Um, especially now when we have all these quick options to deploy instantly like new environments uh, with PySAP mm -hmm. and uh, using uh, images from um, it becomes easier to um, do a new mm -hmm. deployment in a different region mm -hmm. instead of uh, having to make sure that you have everything backed up and then restore in, in a new region. Mm -hmm. So I think that gives it a lot more power to um, be flexible in where are we gonna deploy the images that we have versioned and managed, the applications that we have versioned and managed, and make sure that we layer that together to have a quick disaster recovery solution, yeah. which is nothing compared to disaster recovery that we did like <laughs> five, 10 years ago, right. where it was more like backup, restore, and keeping your fingers crossed that on different hardware it would still uh, uh, perform. Yeah. And, and and there's, with Azure Virtual Desktop, there's multiple ways we can deploy that. So we can deploy it in what's called a pooled host pool, where we have a very generic OS and and the user profiles are managed with FS Logic, so they're portable. And in that environment, if we want to do a failover, we can stand up a new host pool very easily with a, if we have the templates in place. But we still need to manage those profiles. How are we going to make them available at the other site? And then the other option is with a personal host pool where every user gets their own workstation. It's a one-to-one -one mapping. And sometimes in that environment, you may not need FS Logic. So now you have the profile on the C drive like you would just like a, a workstation at the office. So in that environment, it's different. So the, the, DR, the DR strategies for those two environments are gonna be very different and use different tools to manage that. Yeah, so basically AVD is needed to running um, more or less client-server applications because um, we have a back, a back end that needs to be delivered to a customer uh, on, on the front end. Um, what is the future of, of AVD in your opinion, Ryan? Yeah, so you, you said something quite interesting and just to kind of finish off on the DR thing first was the, the interesting thing we've got to understand when we're doing apps is that um, near line, near site is also important to understand. So when organizations move to AVD and they um, 
and they get this AVD environment and they're connecting on premises to the back end of a system, the challenge you'll experience is potentially latency and delays. So it's also important to kind of take your line of business back end systems and make sure they're on Azure with that to ensure that you don't have any latency issues. Um, in terms of the future of AVD, there's a lot of stuff which is just hit, um, you know, preview. Um, there's lots of focus on kind of improving the delivery of applications. A lot of organizations like Sage are now delivering a service. So it's a SaaS um, remote app delivery of Sage application now. So I think we're going to see a larger adoption from these um, software as a service companies delivering their apps out as a remote app. I think we're going to see um, an acceleration. We've seen a 60% growth, I think, in, in, in AVD in the last couple of years, Microsoft was saying. Um, and I think that's going to increase because, let's face it, how many times have you had to go into the office or go into the server room and data center and fix a switch or fix a hypervisor? The pain you have to go from a physical. All of that's gone now. Uh, if something goes wrong in a region, like Travis said, effectively you just fail over to another region, you deploy out again. The whole problem of on-premises, make sure I make that very clear, <laughs> not premise, on-premises everybody, um, is it's painful. It requires a lot of effort. I understand if you've got a lot of infrastructure and a lot of you know, technical debt or a lot of investment in that, that makes sense to continue as you are. But when it comes to modernizing or new, I call them cloud era organizations, startups who start up when cloud's there, it makes more sense to leverage you know, pays you consume because you can modernize from day one. And the other advantage to that too is, is uh, as we found when the pandemic hit, uh, if you needed to scale up on your our VPN endpoints or you needed to put out laptops or support working from home, uh, it was very difficult, if not impossible, to get the equipment to do that. So with Azure, scaling out to Azure, it, either AVD or uh, Windows 365, you can, you can buy that infrastructure or rent it at an OpEx and then when you're done, return it. You know, you, you stop paying for it. So you don't have this huge capital expense, the lead time for waiting for parts to be delivered or equipment to be delivered and then installing it. So, But look at COVID as well. You nailed it straight on that point. <laughs> yeah. Look at how many organizations went to the local computer shops. We have yeah. in the UK PC world. Mm -hmm. uh, and the people just buy loads of laptops. And then all of a sudden, they're installing the connector and connecting to a work desktop. There's no VPN. It was literally just yeah. get a desktop. Yeah. and and. I, I'm sure that this goes at many different countries, but if you need to double, triple your internet capacity, there's not a switch that you just flip for that. It's a it's a requisition process, and you put it in a queue, and you go to your telecom provider, and you wait, and they're they're busy too, you know, because they're you're not the only company doing that at that moment. So so being able to go scale out to the cloud is really a, a, a I think one of the reasons why they saw such growth. Yeah, but I think it also shows um, not to just um, start pinpointing vendors or anything. But one of the things that I love about IGEL, who is more focused on uh, the endpoint mm -hmm. um, and software or endpoint as software, um, more um, if we're getting into that, is that they had this great vision that a couple of years ago we were all going like, yeah, I'm not sure if this whole idea of selling um, not just hardware as endpoints, like thin clients used to be defined, but turning it into uh, endpoint as a software, 
all of a sudden, um, their vision was the best solution during COVID to make sure that our end users, even if they had only old equipment uh, at hand, still with their software could be turned into a fully functional thing client combined with AVD to give you the best uh, end user experience on uh, a workplace. And if we look at, at, at the future, um is it more delivering applications instead of a desktop? Yeah, but I think from uh, if, if we're talking about the Netherlands, that's always been a hard discussion because somehow the Netherlands, and, and maybe that's because we are accustomed at the office that we had our own desks, physical desk, and we could put like the pictures on there. And it feels like the Dutch um, workforce has also had that, that uh, emotional bond with a desktop, a virtual desktop even, where it feels, uh, for, for, for the Dutchies, it feels kind of weird, even with all the SaaS applications, we still want to log on on one system, one virtual desktop, and then use all the SaaS applications or, or um, even, um, I, I was going to say legacy application, but like the client server applications that are still out there. Yeah. Um, so I think from a Dutch customer perspective, it's still a hard bargain to get them to transition to a portal where applications are delivered individually. But I think I do think from a global perspective, that is definitely where we're going. Just more flexible, mm -hmm. similar to using your mobile device with all the different apps and just having your device being the portal. Um, I think that is the future definitely uh, for workplaces as well. Nice. I think, you've, again, you've, <laughs> you've hit the nail on the head, as it was, the expression. Um, you know, you pick up a, an Android phone, you pick up an Apple phone, and you go to the store and you click on your apps, and you get your apps. That's all people want. Is there a manual for an Android phone? Is there a manual for an Apple phone? No, there isn't. You don't need one. It's very straightforward, right? Yep. And I think that's where, um, you know, VDI, desktop as a service, this whole modern workspace platform needs to go. I want to see um, serverless VDI. I want to see you get an app and it works on any platform, anywhere. Mac, Linux, Windows, it doesn't matter, you get it. But I do think we're probably about five to ten years out for that. Now, let's see what happens in the next few uh, few years, few months, years, and yeah. so on. And uh, But thanks for joining me on the table uh, today. We have uh, finished this one and yeah. uh, really looking forward to other recordings that we will do uh, this day and tomorrow so uh, please join in uh, if you want thanks for you to join thanks for having us thank, thank you. you yeah thanks. great uh, was a nice uh, nice thing to discuss all the AVD but I think there is a lot of stuff that is coming uh, also in the next uh, year uh, on AVD and uh, for customers that we can deliver so uh, stay tuned for all the things that happen and probably at Ignite uh, there will be uh, more news to come on uh, on this topic so um, if you want to join please visit the uh, live stream or afterwards uh, this recordings will be published in the uh, Spotify, Google Podcast, and all the other audio stuff, but also on uh, on YouTube afterwards. So let's see what happened there. Thanks, Thanks for listening. listening. Thanks and for viewing. listening. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks everybody. Thanks.